0: But imagine only having like one person like you on TV for your whole life. Like I'd never even—I swear to God—I didn't even know you could be trans until I saw Nardo naja on Big Brother. Because how can you? How can you be what you can't see? Like how can you know something exists if you don't even know it exists? <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to bosom i'm lucy hicks beach and this is a podcast where i want to find out how women non-binary and gender non-conforming people have influenced and shaped our thoughts and lives in a world where women's contributions are often disregarded i want to learn more about how and how much they have impacted the people we are and the society we live in to do this i'm talking to guests about how people of marginalized genders have influenced their lives identities and understandings of the world Today, I'm speaking to activist, author, and influencer, Charlie Craggs. It's supremely hard to summarise the breadth of her career, but Vogue has described her as the voice of a community, and she was the number one on The Guardian's new radical list of social innovators and has won a Mary Claire Future Shaper Award. She's the founder of Nail Transphobia, a campaign in which she travels the UK, setting up pop-up nail salons offering free manicures to give people the chance to talk to trans people and learn more about being allies. In 2017, she published her book, to My Trans Sisters, which was a collection of letters from nearly 100 trailblazing trans women. Hi, Charlie. Hey, Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on to visit. It's like so exciting.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I, I was saying to you, I love this like concept so much. I've never heard anything like it. I was like, because I, I get asked the same questions all the time. Like literally every interview I do is pretty much the same questions. I was like, these are like this concept about picking like the different women in the different categories is such a good idea.
1: kind of as I was saying before you have this just like insanely varied and successful career which is hard to like describe I'm really fascinated about like the world of influencers and activism on social media and I so was just wondering how that came about for you was that through Nail Transphobia? I guess
0: yeah I guess it probably was like I definitely have always considered myself much of an like not a traditional campaigner because the way I do my campaigning with nails is obviously very untraditional but traditional in the sense that I don't consider myself a social media activist like there's nothing mm. wrong with social media activism but I really do work hard like I the amount of times I'm like obviously not now with corona but like up and down in cities in like days like I'll be oh. up in Manchester for a few hours and come back home that night like doing a nail pop-up so I'm doing very much real life activism like I do pop-ups and I am meeting the public who aren't always nice I'm doing like the work but um like I said there's nothing wrong with social media activism but I guess it would just be stupid not to utilize We live in a social media world. Like, Mm. everything is digital now. So, like, our banking is digital. Our dating is digital. Why wouldn't our activism become digital? Like, what I have always done is my activism, like, the goal of my activism is to make allies, make trans allies. Mm. And the goal has always been to... um, bring people into the conversation and that's why with the nail thing it's a, a way of it's not really about nails it's about giving people the chance to chat with a trans person so when they sit down and get their nails done with us they can have a chat and if I do an event in, in real life I can speak to maybe like 30 people in a day if I bring some yeah. hands along with me some extra nail techs some trans girls to come do nails with me or trans people I should say because I have non-binary people who come do it but um, if I post online, I've got 30,000 followers. I can post rather than 30 people listening. I can have 30,000 people listening in a day. Like mm. just, it's, it, you'd be so stupid to not like harness social media for whatever your goal is, whether that is activism, whether it's like whether it's whatever, like it gets a lot of like bad rep. But honestly, like you can do so much good with social media.
1: Mm. Do you think about it differently, like the different scales of what you do? So when you're doing the nail pop-ups, you're like having a kind of one-on-one conversation, whereas like when you do an Instagram post, that was obviously going out to thousands of people. Do you look at those kinds of activism in very different ways?
0: I try and actually keep the tone the exact same, and I think that's what's been my kind of making is that I, not to be big-headed, obviously, but I feel like I really understand that. That's that's kind of like my charm that's what people like about me is that I'm personable and that like I'm not like someone who posts on Instagram to make you feel to make you think oh my god she's so hot oh my god she's so cool or she's so successful I post to make you think we're we're friends like I'm posting to make you smile to make you happy to make you think sometimes so when I post I try and still keep the vibe of the one-on-one conversation I speak to my like follow I hit that follower sounds really wanky but like I speak I speak when I post on Instagram I post it as if I'm like having a conversation with people because I am like yeah. they're not they're not, and they're not digesting my content as a group they're digesting it one on one in the same way when I digest my favorite creators content I'm di- I'm looking at it as myself in my bed with my phone like, I'm like looking at it as me and I like yeah I think that's kind of really important to me is just like maybe what sets me apart from some of the other people who are doing what I do, whether it's influencers or activists. Like, I understand that this is kind of what I'm good at and this is why people are listening to me, maybe.
1: That definitely comes across. I think that's definitely what I love about your Instagram.
0: Thank you, Lucy.
1: So the premise of the podcast is that I've asked you to pick five women, non-binary or gender non-conforming people who have impacted your life or ideas of the world in some kind of way And they come from five categories that are a childhood or teenage icon, a fictional character, somebody you've never met, somebody who's no longer alive and somebody that you know personally. So we're just going to go through them. Have a chat.
0: Let's do this.
1: See where the wind takes us. Does that sound all right for you?
0: I am ready. Let's go, Lucy. Let's go.
1: (laughs) the first person I'd love to talk to you about is a childhood or teenage icon and you have picked Nadia Almaza.
0: Nadia was for anyone who doesn't know like she you're a bit you're a bit young her. I hate you um, <laughs> she, she won big brother when you were probably like born she won big brother in 2005 or 6 I think And she was a trans woman and she was, for my generation of trans people, and this extends beyond me and below me by a good few years. So maybe like 10, 20 years above me to maybe like five years below me. For anyone of that age range, she was our only representation for a very, very long time. Nadia was on Big Brother in around 2005. It was 10 years later, to t- around 2014-15, when we had the trans tipping point in the media where Laverne Cox blew up, um, Janet Mock, Karma um, Carrera, Munro Bergdorf, Paris Lees, even me, like, that was 2014-15. like it was it was like you didn't have anything for 10 years and the 10 years before Nadia you didn't have anything even like maybe 20 years before Nadia I think the the person previous to Nadia definitely in the UK I don't know about America was Caroline Cossie in the 80s who was a Bond girl who was outed by the news of the world newspaper as trans and her career ended but like she was the the kind of the only person I can think of before Nadia like the most previous person and then before that was April Ashley in the 60s who was a like kind of similar story of like being a model slash glamour girl? um Who was again like outed anyway? But the, my point being that for maybe like from the at least the nineties to like two thousand and five, and then two thousand and five to two thousand fifteen, we just had Nadia, and it's like so. She for a generation of trans people, especially trans girls, trans women, trans feminine people, was integral. Like I can't even put into words that like, if you only, imagine only having like one person like you on tv for your whole life like I'd never even I swear to god I didn't even know you could be trans until I saw and Big Brother because how can you how can you be what you can't see like how can you know something exists if you don't even know it exists like I had been saying my whole life I was like four when I started telling my mama I was a girl but I didn't know I could be a girl because of no one—I didn't know anyone had done it. Like I literally felt like the only person in the world. And I like I saw Nardo and Big Brother, and I was like straight away I felt like an affinity with her. Like I was like, oh my god, that is exactly how I feel like. And I was probably like maybe like ten. And it just for every trans person I know around my age, and maybe like I said, maybe ten, twenty years older and five years younger, she was that for them as well because it was like the first time we had someone like us in the media. And it wasn't just her being represented as a trans person, it's what she represented. And she was such a strong woman in the sense that like she wouldn't Take shit, like she wouldn't, like people would try and come for her. There's like clips you can watch on YouTube, like her best moments in the house and stuff. And like there'll be fights, and she'll like stand up for herself against like the nasty guys in the house. And it just was so important to me, but also a generation of trans people who were victims. And like it, she wasn't, she wasn't a victim. And it taught us not to be victims, or at least it taught me not to be a victim. I watched her, like I said, at like 10, 11 when I was being bullied around that time that's kind of when the bullying started I guess and I was like actually no like I'm not going to be I always I always stood up for myself after that I always started fighting back and standing up for myself and it's because of Nadia I was like I was thinking what would Nadia do like I want to be like Nadia so I think she was just so important not just in being representation of and for trans people but of what she represented as a trans person going beyond the actual like surface level representation she was like, I just I just can't put into words how much we own Nadia.
1: Mm, Big Brother is such a open view yeah, of somebody. Yeah, yeah. It's not like going on a contestant show where you're only on for kind of one evening. Yeah. What were you like at that stage when you were watching it? And how was it seeing somebody in such a full view when you were that age? Yeah,
0: that's actually a really good point. I was probably about 10, 11 when I started watching, when I watched her, big brother and like I said I just started being bullied so I was like very like I was a very effeminate child I was like clearly clearly not like the other boys I was clearly clearly like now looking back it was so clear I was trans but we just didn't have the kind of cultural conversation going on back then so my mum when I'm telling her I'm a girl she probably just assumed I was gay and like so did everyone else all my peers and stuff but I never said I was gay people put that word onto me but I just said I feel like a girl um and as a result I was very like being effeminate I was very like shy and introverted and soft like really really soft and like growing up like I'm a council state girl so like growing up on like a council state being like that was very very hard so like when the bullying started where I live and stuff I remember the first time it was around the time that I saw Nadia and I just I just like I said I just it totally changed the way I saw myself in the situation because you can't control like if people are going to victimize you, but you can control whether you decide to be a victim or not, you know, mm-hmm. you can't control if people are going to attack you for whatever reason, but you can control how you react to them attacking you, or if you just like stand up for yourself, or if you like, even if you're like strong enough to be like, you know what, fuck you and walk away and don't even listen, like even that's strong, but like mm-hmm. it just changed how I saw myself, and I was like, I'm not going to be a victim, and even today, like I'm I see so much of Nadia in the woman I am today as a result. Like, I see a lot of her in my strength. And I guess to your question of, like, seeing her in full view, even just seeing her in her messy moments, like if she was, like I said, having an argument or if she was in the wrong sometimes. Like, because trans people are just people. We're not perfect. Like, it, but even just, like, her, like, funny moments, like, she'd always wear, like, heels in the shower. There was like, <laughs> And I'm just like, that is iconic. And she'd always cry in the diary room about like, how she needs her cigarettes and, like, have, like, <laughs> fever fits. And it's just like, I just icon icon status and it's just like I think that's always been I'm like I want to be someone's Nadia someday I want to like get to a point in my career where some little kid who's being bullied can look at me and be like I'm go. I want to be like Charlie Craig's. I want to and then they start standing up for themselves or like wearing heels in the shower
1: and there's an amazing video on your Instagram it's like one of your most recent posts of a girl and she's looking up and that is just the sweetest video and anybody who hasn't seen the video it's um would you like to tell us about the video
0: oh it really it's one of my favorite things that's ever happened in my career it's basically like this little trans girl called Noah and um she basically her mum who is like a friend because we followed each other for a while but we've never met or anything sent me like a video of her like of Noah watching like me on Instagram and just being Mm. like oh my god she's so pretty and like saying like how and her mum's asking her like how do you feel when you see trans girls like Charlie who are grown up and and this is exactly what I'm saying about like Nadia like it's so important to see yourself like and people like who think things like this are like, stupid conversation oh representation it? it's because you've always been represented um, mm. imagine being like a decade old before you even knew people like you existed like because you just never it's just so wrong I said it in the post that this next generation of gender non-conforming kids growing up right now whether they are trans whether they are just androgynous and like boys who are feminine or whatever or girls who are masculine they are the first generation especially the trans ones who are growing up with representation of them in the media because oh. People my age had to wait till we were like teenagers before, but like now, kids are like literally as they're coming out the womb, have like trans people in the media that if they start saying, I feel like a girl, their mum can show them people like us in the media and like to show it's normal and that it's valid and stuff, and that they're not alone. And because the suicide rates are just crazy high and stuff, so like it's just really, really amazing that this is going to be the first generation that have representation from the start. Because, like, so I just feel, yeah, very lucky that she's said that about me because. I feel like the lucky one even though she's saying she's the lucky one I feel like I'm the lucky one
1: It's yeah it's so cool that you've managed to that's almost like a full circle of you being able to look up to somebody and then becoming that somebody else
0: I wish I don't don't know why maybe she's just being very polite
1: I don't think she's being polite I love that video it's really moving Thank you Lucy The second person of influence, I'd love to move on to now, is a fictional character and you have picked, in general, the cast of Pose. Um, would you like to tell us more about that?
0: Sure, I will say first, for anyone listening, all my picks aren't just trans people. <laughs> <laughs> you might be like, oh, I'm not going to list anymore, they're all trans, which would be fine if they were, but like, these are the only trans people I picked as the last two questions. But yeah. Um, the cast apart like just pose in general has been groundbreaking for not just even the trans community but just like the, the queer community in general because there's just nothing there's been nothing like it before like in terms of the subject matter and in terms of how kind of raw and real it is in terms of the, in talking about like the, the hiv epidemic also just in the way that it's cast and filmed and produced in that it's like not just trans people being tokenized it's not just cis people playing trans people like the amount of times in the media like previous to this that and it will happen again that like you'll have cis men like straight cis men playing trans women when first of all even just on a like financial kind of surface it's like um excuse me could you not have picked a trans person but beyond that it's like Oh my God! You do not understand the implications. The message you're sending to the public, like this, is why we're killed. This is why, like, the murders go up every year, because the people killing us are men who are attracted to us, who are then like so co- confusing themselves that they've liked to trans woman because they've seen trans women being played by straight cis actors that they know in the media. That they're like, oh, I've seen Eddie Redmayne playing a woman. So like that, mean, that means that like, these trans women are just men in, like men dressed up as women, men with a wig on, who are just gonna take it off at the end of the night and they're a man again. It's so it's so damaging. It's so it's so. Dam- So apart from even just that element, it's also the fact that it's not just like one trans person. It's like a whole cast of like trans people. It's also trans people behind the camera. So you've got Janet Mock. uh, Oh, actually, I lied because she is one of my answers later on. (laughs) on. Um, and she is trans but she is a a trans woman who is a producer of the series and it's just like this is just incredible in terms of like representation but also just like what as well as being represented what they're representing like the fact that they're that they're talking about this like such an important thing that is just never talked about and it's just like we lost a whole generation of queer people to that to the epidemic epidemic and it was not even to the not even so much to the virus but to the way that the virus was, was mishandled because the people dying were lgbt and no one cared mm. like it was more the hate it was the the fact that like the the governments in power just were like we don't care especially in america it's just like this is god's way of saying that you, you are you this is you're an abomination and you're dying because this is god's curse to you so they just let us die and it's i think it's just been so powerful, and also just in the, uh, similar to similar to Linardia in the way that it poses—no pun intended—trans people as not as victims. Like despite the way we're being treated by the world, by society, it was kind of like set in the 80s and 90s, and you just obviously they're being treated like shit throughout the si- throughout the series. And you just like the fact that again they're not victims. The fa- this just is so important. It's like people growing up now will have posts to watch and be like, I want to be like Electra, who there's this amazing scene where she Electra drags this woman who is saying that she's like, she comes up, she's like, I know a man when I see one. Da, 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 and it's just been horrible to her. And then she's like, reads her, like in the way that you've just never seen anyone read anyone in your whole life. Like honestly, it's the one of the best things that's ever happened in our in our existence, this clip to like someone growing up like me who who's in still in the situation now maybe someone who's still in the situation now who is tired of being a victim and tired of like going to school every day and being bullied and like just being less than and like being being scared like to like have someone like you like and see them stand up for themselves like that like that's gonna create a shift of of, like people of like young trans people who are going to start standing up for themselves and that's why I picked pose because I just think it's so important
1: Mm what do you think is the importance as well of seeing you mentioned it with Nadia but also the importance of seeing people who are trans and also other things so Mm. in seeing somebody who is trans and also seeing the fact that they I don't know are an artist or that they like cats or that they kind of are whole people
0: yeah exactly that's like definitely the next stage like I don't know if we're, we're kind of getting there now like the first stage is kind of surface level representation which mm. can sometimes be tokenistic but it's better than nothing and it's kind of like it harks back to that um with gay people who are about I'd say like 20 years ahead of the trans people in our community um, the kind of Stanford's on Sex and the City, where it was gay people were literally just on programs to be the gay best friend of the character, and they mm-hmm. were just a best friend. They had no depth, they had no story, they had no job. <laughs> they were just yeah. sitting around waiting for that girl to say, "Oh, do you want to go shopping?" Like, and just talk about my problems. Like, that's all we. That's all gay people were. And um, trans people, we're kind of just emerging out of that space now, where we're more than just like our trans storyline. And we're when we're t- when we're in shows, like we're getting to the point where like. There won't even be the storyline about us being trans, but it'll just be, a, it'll be a side note. And I think that's where we want to get, is that we're more than just our transness. Like it's, it's that's the kind of next stage of uh, representation.
1: Mm. Do you think you can kind of see that happening?
0: Definitely can see it happening slightly, yeah. We've come a long way. If you think about it, like this, Laverne Cox blew up on Orange is a New Black. She was kind of this new wave of trans representation. She blew up in like 2014, 15, I think. So, like, it's not been that long. That's been, like, that's, like, what, five, six years ago? So, yeah, I am I feel like we'll get this. We're, we're moving quite fast. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? If we can just... The only thing we just definitely need to steal away from is, like, cis men. Do you know what I mean? Even if you're going to get someone, get a cis woman. Like, if you're going to get someone to as a trans person, if you're not going to get a trans person, at least get a woman, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. like, I think that's the only thing I just really hope we... I'd be fine with tokenistic stuff if they just promised to like never have a straight cis man or even a gay cis man playing us ever again.
1: Yeah. I was reading something. I think it was Sai and Monroe right off. Yeah, and she was talking about the importance of having trans people in the conversation about the portrayal of trans yeah. people. So it's, do you do you think Pose has got a particular like power to be able to represent trans people in like a whole way because it has trans people behind the camera?
0: Of course. I mean, if they're doing like this script writing that speaks volumes because they're gonna you're gonna see trans stories depicted in a real way, in an organic way, in a an authentic way, because it's not like someone's idea of what trans is because they've watched a Danish girl and they've watched all these other stupid films, like is they're knowing it from experience, and they can tap into that. And like, if if trans women aren't going to play the trans women in the films, who are we going to play? Because are you going to uh, are you going to cast us as the main female lead? We will never. And I don't think in my lifetime maybe in a one-off film, maybe one time, but, like, we will never start seeing trans women start being cast as straight cis women. We won't start getting roles as, like, oh, as as if we're not trans. Like, we will always be the trans girl. So let us have our roles. Like, that's the fucking least you can do. Like, we don't need all these, like, people hogging all the the only roles we can do, like... So yeah, yeah, I don't know. But I think with having people like Janet behind the camera, it's just it's just transformed it. And like that's it's evident in the way it's not even just for trans people, but it's just like been a huge for just society. Like there's been it's like definitely like kind of one of the most talked about shows of the now, of this generation, of like this moment in time. It's been like up for like loads of awards. It's just it's just been incredible. It's really sad actually because it just got um not cancelled, but they just said it will be the last season that they've just filmed for some reason. I don't know why. Oh yeah That's but still still got three seasons that we can just watch and watch and watch again thank god
1: oh, i love to do that same i'm so bad at watching new stuff i basically me just too
0: watch me too.
1: the same thing over and over again i gonna move on now to your third figure of influence and this yes. is somebody you've never met and you have picked victoria beckham
0: yeah and i'd just
1: love to know why you picked victoria beckham and what role she plays in your life for you? Oh my
0: god, she played the very big role. She made this big mess happen. She is the reason I am trans. <laughs> <laughs> Victoria Becker in like growing up like Spice Girls were my everything. I was probably like I was very young. I don't know how like it just blows on my mind. I was probably like three or something, but like I just was obsessed with the Spice Girls growing up. Like everyone of my era was um and um seeing her in like spice world she was always my favorite and i feel like i was quite niche for that i feel like every lgbt person she was their favorite which is really interesting <laughs> especially trans girls she was always like every trans girl's favorite but um she wasn't like i like playtime in school that we'd always be like who should we, we'd all play spice girls and everyone would be like i want to be baby i want to be scary and i'm like i want to be partial I, was <laughs> <laughs> um, I always like make a joke about it being when i realized i was trans is when i was watching Spice World the movie, which is like my favorite film. And um the bit where they're in like a music camp and they're all in like army clothes and they're all coming out one by one in their army clothes. And then she comes out in like a little army dress. <laughs> I don't know why, but it just like did something it set my soul on fire. And I was just like, I wanna be her. Like I really I want to be that, like that. It, I don't know why. I have, I just don't know why. But I just felt such an affinity to that moment in the film. I'm like, that's what I am. Maybe it's because I like, grown up like with my brothers. Like I got two like super like m- macho straight brothers, and they were like, maybe it, it was something to do with that. With like them like in the army, like they were wearing baggy army clothes and like that. My brothers and I'm like, I want to be the one. In the, I don't know. Maybe it was something like that. I don't know, but. Mm. I definitely see a correlation because I know a lot of other trans girls who say that like Posh was their favorite and rarely no offense posh but r- rarely <laughs> hear people say that Posh was their favorite, so yeah I just I love miss Victoria Beckham so much, so so much
1: what do, could you can you think of any reason? I do why do you think it is that so many trans girls love love posh?
0: I just think it was like the the campness. She was so like fabulous. She's kind of trans herself. She's kind of given off like <laughs> very like big trans energy, like very like just that. Like the, a cis girl would not do that. A cis girl, if everyone is wearing like <laughs> if everyone is wearing an army gate in the army that is not what a cis girl does is come out in a little army dress that's what a trans (laughs) that's what a gay man does a trans girl does what a drag queen would do it's very like lgbt energy so like i don't know i just feel like that's probably why she was just very extra and very fabulous and like I don't know yeah there's something like just about like little gender non-conforming assigned male at birth kids who are very feminine be they trans or be they gay who just like find an affinity with like people who celebrities who are like them and just like have this kind of fabulousness around them this campness that like that they get per- that we get persecuted for so like, I just feel like it's very like liberating and very like empowering. Mm.
1: Do you um now do you think you kind of still channel any of that that like, oh yes you absolutely channel that like I mean, camp energy
0: I mean definitely I feel like that's what people like about me is that I am I feel like I <laughs> I am just a drag queen Like I am very much obviously not a drag I, I mean you can be a trans woman in a drag queen you can be a woman and a drag queen you can be a, a straight man in a drag mean a uh, drag queen but um I feel like there's definitely like even as much as I, maybe I'll regret saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway because that's the type of girl I am. But as much as I transition, I think there'll always be like, I'm yes, I am um, a woman, I'm a trans woman, but there'll always be kind of like an LGBT like little sprinkle of salt on top of me that is like just like a bit too, <laughs> a bit too like fabulous and camp to just be like like just like a regular cis woman, which like I'm I'm never going to blend in basically, but I'm mm. at peace with that. I'm at peace with that.
1: <laughs> I had never quite got Victoria Beckham. And then I saw that video of her. There's like a Vogue video of her. and she's... Oh
0: my God. It's like 77 questions or something, right?
1: Yeah. And she's, oh like, in, she's like in the Vogue studios and she's like putting together a, a shoot or something oh like no, it's
0: that. That's a different one, but she's so like, she's so humorous. People think she's so bitchy and like doesn't smile and like, but she's so funny.
1: She's so funny.
0: Yeah, she really I... is.
1: the fourth person you've chosen to speak about is somebody who's no longer alive and this is so kind of you and generous of you to speak about this and this is your friend Khadija Say.
0: Yeah so uh, the reason I I don't like talking about her much um, publicly just because obviously it's very like triggering but I've kind of got into a space now where I can talk about her um, and Grenfell um, without getting too triggered I can kind of compartmentalize so like I won't cry or anything but like I'm not well, like, just for anyone listening, like, I'm, (laughs) I'm, like, so so, I don't want you, anyone listening, thinking that because I'm talking about it, I'm not crying, that I'm okay, I'm not okay, and I never will be okay. And what happened will never be okay. But basically, my best friend, um, around the time that I was playing Spice Girls in the playground, so because we went to nursery together and primary school together, and she's my best friend, um, Khadija Say was killed, and her mum, and obviously 70 other people, allegedly, it was actually we all know it was much more than that, but was killed in um, Grenfell. And the, another reason I'm bringing it up is because obviously the anniversary, the fourth anniversary is in a couple of days While we're, from when we're filming now, recording now. I mean, politically it just breaks my heart that like it's four years and there's no justice and there's no justice in sight because the way it's been handled is so corrupt. Um, but I'm not going to get into that. I'd rather just talk about why she is one of sorry someone just posted post my door but I thought I'd just rather talk about why she is one of my female and like heroes women my inspirations in my life and it's because she's just like I mean I 100% wouldn't be the person the woman I am today but even the, just the person I am today without her and without all of my friends growing up who are all girls who and one boy hi Dean, um who really just like accepted me as the feminine person I am like clearly the girl I am despite everyone else around me and us not accepting me and persecuting me for it and just girls were my safe space growing up like girls allowed me to be who I was around them and like didn't judge me didn't make fun of me didn't call me names didn't bully me and like Khadija especially being my best friend was just that for me and just like there's just there's no obviously there's no words but like I just yeah I just um I'm just so, so grateful that I got to be her best friend.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, thank you for talking about it's. I think something that's come up a lot in the interviews is there's these figures like Nadia Armada or Victoria Beckham, who are these icons that can really influence you in lots of very important ways. But everybody has, everybody so far has come back to somebody who's really close to them, who yeah. impacts them in a really direct and formative way through. Yeah some kind of closeness
0: yeah Um, I think for me as well it's just about like I picked her strategically because with the anniversary just like mm. how this is why they're dragging out the inquiry for so long strategically because they the longer they drag it out the less people care the longer they drag it out the more desensitized people become by the imagery by the stories by the numbers by the building that's left behind like people the like do you mean the first time you see something if it was handled straight away there'd be like much more people behind it and people are getting tired now people are like there's bigger things not bigger things but there's other things going on in the world right now that like have got people's attention um, i mean they even the, the way they deal with that is strategic as well like they bring out the first inquiry report the day before brexit knowing that brexit the next day was coming out and um the newspapers would stop talking about grenfell inquiry and start talking about brexit it's really really strategic and i need people to understand that and the only way we can overcome that is by i just want to encourage people to keep talking about it to keep the keep keep it alive because it that's the only way we're gonna have a chance of getting justice if if as if by the people in power see that we're not going to let this go mm. like if you look at other like tragedies that are similar like even like Hillsborough and stuff it's that's that's kind of you gotta like keep your like a dog on a bone or a piece of meat whatever the stain is you got you got to not let go and like and, and they will eventually have to because so many people care so I just really want to encourage people to stay very stay angry but also stay vocal about it please um for my friend's sake but for everyone's sake um just because it could have been your best friend you know it could be anyone's best friend it could have been you you know it could have been anyone so just please stay please stay angry and please stay vocal
1: yeah definitely and it's also like you're saying about it being uh, the kind of population becomes desensitized because all these people start to become figures rather than
0: exactly um,
1: and so by talking about individuals and she was an artist wasn't she she did like like, beautiful arts and so it's so important for everybody to keep remembering that it was. They not were like-
0: weren't political pawns. They were they were people. Mm. They were people's best friends. They were people's daughters. They were you know women like us, people like us. You know what I mean, so yeah, I just really want to encourage people to like just like I said, stay vocal, be posting about it on, Insta- on Instagram, especially around the uh, anniversary, but just all year round. If you can't, obviously every day, but like just every now and then, just remind because like just speaking into echo chambers, like it's i feel like uh, the people who care are all talking to each other already we need people outside of the echo chamber to start like uh speaking to their friends and family and followers because that's how it kind of like you know you tap into people who haven't thought about it since it happened you know like Mm. that's what we need is people outside of the echo chamber who are going to kind of help us spread the message and keep it alive and help us please god one day get justice
1: yeah Um, i'm good
0: now yeah i feel like if i talk i'm probably gonna cry
1: thank you for for talking about khadija and thank you for yeah thanks for making this a platform like helping make this a platform to be able to advocate for the justice of that because
0: thanks lucy if
1: a podcast could be anything let's hope it can be something that can make some kind of change So we now go on to your final figure of influence and this is somebody that you know personally and you have picked we've kind of touched on her a bit before but we've you have picked Janet Mock.
0: Yeah yeah. I mean I don't quite know her personally but I picked her because I thought it's a really nice story because basically so Janet Mock like I said she's one of the producers on Post but she's also like a writer she's been on like Oprah and stuff like she's got like a New York Times selling book which is amazing which I'd recommend you read like if you haven't read it it's called redefining rawness and she has a follow-up um yeah so she's an incredible author and producer and just like general like trans icon and so she like I don't know her personally but she knows of me and obviously I know of her very well but (laughs) uh, uh, my friend's dad is a journalist and was doing a piece about her for the Guardian maybe I think for her second book actually and was interviewing her and then at the end of her interview because my friend told me that um, he was going to interview her uh, I told her oh my god tell tell him to tell her that I love her and then he did and then he was like oh um, by the way my friends might Sorry, my daughter's friend is trans and she loves you. And she's actually um, an author as well, like you. And, da, da, da. and she was like, oh, my God, what's her name? And then he said my name as she knew who I was. And I... I was like, oh my god! I wanted to like cry. I wanted to wee myself and poo myself and vomit on myself. (laughs) I was just like, this is my like everything. Like she's everything. She's like the queen of our community. So like she she like knew who I was, and she was like, oh my god! I follow her on Twitter. Let me. And she was like trying to prove to my friend's dad that she she wasn't just saying it she actually and I was like and I checked and I was like oh my god she does I was Twitter. <laughs> and she's like oh she's like I know her I know her book and she got like the title slightly wrong but she like knew the, <laughs> she like knew oh my book. god <laughs> like, oh it's called like my trans sisters or so, and I'm like oh my god <laughs> so, yeah I just was like this is insane because like she is like I said the queen like her for me and for most trans people like her Levan Cox a few others are like they are modern day icons like modern day like trans and just LGBT icon they are like the queens of our community so like I just that story just like please god one day I don't actually I was gonna say I hope I get to meet her but I kind of hope I don't because I will just embarrass myself and like be such a loser and be like oh my god I'm such a big fan like Like, I do that with everyone I love when I meet them I'm always like a bit too like keen and then I feel like oh I've just like (laughs) i ruined my chance like any friendship with this person even you know like people who are not famous but like successful like you follow them on Instagram then you meet them you're like oh my god I love you and then you've like asserted yourself as like their fan and like (laughs) oh I should have played it cool and then we could have been friends like the same like dinner or something so I must be cool as well if I'm here (laughs) I have no game so I always embarrass myself but um I love Janet Mock she just like what she represents in her life, like beyond the representation on, in the media, like, just, like, seeing this, like, trans woman, especially, I I can't even imagine for, like, trans women of colour, like, it must be even more inspirational, but, like, just being so, like, successful, but also just, like, so beautiful, and so, like, intelligent, she's so smart, like, so, most importantly, so, like, she seems so happy, and maybe I'm wrong, because you just don't know what's going on in people's lives, but she genuinely seems like she's just, like, happy, and living her best life, and on magazine covers, and, like, wearing amazing clothes, and, like, just we need something to aspire to, and some not only to aspire to, but to we need someone to prove that it's achievable. And she, for me, and for a lot of trans people, has proved that we can do it. Like if she can do it, we can do it. And reading her biography, just seeing like what she came from, like if she can do it, you can do it, sort of thing. That's the vibe you get, and it just gives me so much hope. So I love you, Janet. If you do <laughs> <listen to> this,
1: <laughs> has she kind of inspired you as an author?
0: Definitely. Just like. The way that she writes so... She's very real and very raw. It was like she didn't try and, like, intellectualise what she was talking about. She didn't try and be academic, like, even though she could have because she's super smart. But, like, I think that was more powerful because for example when I came out as trans and I was reading her book then my mum was like can I read it it might help me to understand and afterwards my mum was like it really did help me to understand and I just think that's because it was written in such like an accessible like she doesn't try to like be pretentious with her writing and I think that's what like I've always tried to do with whether it's my writing or my public speaking or my activism even with no transphobia or even my like Instagram I always try and be accessible and bring people into the conversation rather than shutting them out with oh overly intellectualized theories and academic words things that are going to make people feel like they're not part of the conversation I want people I want to bring people into the conversation and I feel like that's what she does so well so yeah definitely
1: when you were so your book is a collection of essays of trailblazing trans women how did you go about curating that and choosing whose writing you wanted
0: do you know what? Like I did it so long ago now. I think it came out in 2017. It was a very different time back then. Like we did have Laverne and Janet who aren't in the book, but like who um, were being amazing representation for us. But like, it was still early days. Like, like I said, it, it kind of the shift happened in 2015. So bear in mind there'd only been like two years of like increased visibility and representation of trans people in the media, positive trans representation in the media. There there wasn't like this massive Pool of people to choose from, like there is now, which I'm actually really like. It was kind of a happy accident, but I had to like I deep dived into like trans people who you might not have heard, well, you probably haven't heard about, like even I hadn't heard about, but who who were still so trailblazing and who they might not be the Laverne Coxes of our community, but they've had an immeasurable impact on not just our community but on the world. A lot of them, like people who have just done like there's physicists who have done like in- incredible things, like the the uh, the physicist in the book. Stone is also the first ever trans person to speak on like the main ted stage like not like tedx he was the, the first trans person to do that and like um there's like other people in the book like lynn conway who is like i, I can't, i'm not signed clever scientific and I, that's that's proof that i'm not clever scientifically that's, <laughs> but she's like um heralded as like one of the biggest tech pioneers of our time and she's mm. like a trans woman and like It was just a way for me as well, like documenting our community's legacy because mainstream aren't going to preserve. They're just not going to preserve our our history, our rich cultural history. Like it's so important if you come from like a marginalised group to keep the stories of the people who came before you alive, who aren't going to be remembered by mainstream, who aren't documented online or in books and stuff. It's just really important to me that like because every letter comes with a biography that I've written about the woman as a way of like I said preserving the legacy of our community and like of these people who because they're not loved the Laverne Coxes, they might get forgotten. And I just yeah, yeah that's kind of the for me the biggest blessing of the book um I'm really proud of it and I'm actually right now I just got the contract to do um a second version for the five-year anniversary next year which is really exciting so I'm gonna hopefully I might get Janet Mock this time I might get the man <laughs> Cox we're gonna I've met Laver I did a little interview of Laver once so I'm gonna message her be like hi do you remember me I was a really <laughs> sweaty trans girl who interviewed you because I was so sweaty when I met her <laughs> I'm gonna like Hopefully, be able to blag some really big names um, for the second, like updated version for the, for the second uh, for the fifth anniversary.
1: Oh, that sounds amazing! It's such a cool idea for a book. Thank you. C. Um, and yeah, like exactly what you said. It's so amazing to have a preservation of people who aren't going to be memorialised by yeah. the books, in inverted commas.
0: Or even just, like, memorialised to the extent that other people are. Because, obviously, I'm not saying they're, they're fucking losers, obviously. I'm not saying that, they're amazing women. But mm. I just, unless you are a Laverne Cox-level trans person, like, you're not going to have all this documentation about you online. You're just not, like... So I just think it's really important that we keep the stories of the people who paved the way for us alive. And this goes beyond trans people. This is just for every marginalized community it's just so important to to keep those stories and those peoples and their legacies alive
1: oh I think that kind of brings us to the end no. but thank you so much I've loved this conversation and it's you really do. I've loved learning especially about these important figures who like exactly as you've been saying unless they're super famous they're just not really visible and I'm um, yeah I'm really grateful for you bringing being into the podcast and Thank I hope you. I hope that you've also heard. I really
0: have I really have
1: you're so kind for giving me your, no. your idea. I mean yeah I'm sorry I got you up out of bed early that's no
0: it actually wasn't early for me 10:30 is perfect I shouldn't be in bed beyond be <laughs>
1: Talking to Charlie was both hilarious and enriching. She's just the best and I feel very lucky that she spared a Friday morning to chat to me. Thank you to her and to the Shilson sisters for their beautiful music as per usual and also to Sophie Camlish for her magical artwork. If you enjoyed it, please give us a little old rate and review on the podcast app and now we're on Spotify, so maybe do it on that as well. Thanks, see you next time.